Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. Well, this week it's the RBC Canadian Open. But before we get into all that, Elk, you and I just hit the record button for the show this week. And this monumental announcement has come from the PGA Tour. PGA Tour, DP World Tour and Live Golf are merging. I just can't believe my eyes, Diane. I've been talking to a few people in the industry, a few people that work at the PGA Tour, and they were very hush-hush about this, never heard a peep about it. Uh, also, Greg Norman, as you can recall, has been very quiet, so has Jay Monahan. So obviously, uh, this has been you know, in the works. I mean, it's got to be good for golf, right? It's got to be good if, 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 you know, we always, I think I always said, Diane, that live works really well in the rest of the world uh-huh. and the tour where they get, where they really get conflicted is when they're playing in Tulsa and in Fort Worth on the same weekend. That's where it seems that everybody just freaks out. Yeah. Well, what if there's a new model, Diane, where these good players can go all over the world and, and make golf better everywhere. Is that going to be better? Of course it is. So. Uh, you're, I know that your phone is going crazy right now. <laughs> So we're we're going to be, um, you know, obviously we're going to dive into our tour report for the RBC Canadian Open and we'll touch on Memorial last week. But obviously as stuff develops, we're going to be talking about it here. But I've got the announcement um, that is on the, the PGA Tour website. PGA Tour, DP World Tour and the Public Investment Fund today announced a landmark agreement to unify the game of golf on a global basis. Uh, they signed an agreement that combines the PIF's golf related commercial business and rights, obviously Live Golf, with the commercial businesses and rights of the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Um, Jay Monahan has said, after two years of disruption and distraction, this is a historic day for the game we all know and love. Um, I, I'm just going to jump right to this because I was scrolling. Like, what does this mean for the players? What does this mean for Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, uh, Ian Poulter, you know, the guys that have... They, they were playing PGA Tour, DP World Tour. They had to resign their memberships. 
you know, they obviously got huge signing bonuses for going to live. They'd be making all this money. And at the end of the 2023 season, um, said they're, they're going to establish a, a fair way for these guys to be able to reapply for membership back on these original tours. So the guys that took the money and went to live, Phil Mickelson maybe was right all along. They have to be sitting there in a great situation right now. Well, I'll get to what it's going to mean to the top players. But Diane, I think this is really going to help the bottom players, because there was so much animosity with the lower tier players. When I say lower tier, we're talking about the best players in the world here, 150 or 200 of the best players on earth, maybe playing the PGA Tour. And there was this real distinct, you know, um, earthquake zone right here. If you're in the top 60 next year, you were going to be playing for 20 million, no cut. And then if you were below 70, you were going to be playing for 8 million with a cut. And the lower tier players were like, how can, I get, how can I become a great player? How can I get into the top 30 on the money list when there's 60 guys above me playing for two and a half times the money with no cut? They can't not make money. So a lot of dissension there, Diane. I think there was just pressure from everywhere. I mean, Monaghan was on one side. Greg Norman was on the other. DP was on the other. Of course, you just noted all the good players. They're going to be able to do whatever they want, as they always have. We've always been able to go do whatever we wanted to. But I think it's very exciting because when I start to think of, you know, some of the tournaments in your part of the part of the world, whether you're thinking about the, you know, the the tournament at uh, in London at uh, Wentworth or the Scottish Open or the Irish or think about now the Australian Open, yeah. how big are these tournaments going to be? China, Japan. I mean, isn't or Toronto this year or, or can Canada? Imagine everyone, all, all three tours have a way of getting into all these big events and they'll be all over the place all the time. And it's going to be a great time to be a tour player. I was texting with another old tour player and he said, I've got to go practice right now. I, I, I can't talk about it anymore. So really, let's, you know, it, it must mean more money because we know that the, the public investment fund, um, the Saudi part of this, they have got so much money um, that they were really throwing into Live Golf. So it's got to mean more money um, overall for everyone in this new entity. And also, you know, if the guys have to play this, like, um, you know, required number of events on the PGA Tour, what is it, like 15 a season? Are they going to be able to do that all over the world? So, like, pick and choose which ones they're going to play in. It's going to be interesting to find out. Will there be a team aspect? Will the PGA yeah. Tour have two or three teams? Look, I've been saying all along to you, I love the team aspect. My son's been to two or three live events. I haven't been, but I'm good friends with guys on teams. And it's very important to them. And it seems to me that it's working very well. Why don't you read the announcement there? I think it says that the, the PIF fund is going to make a huge investment into the tour. Yeah. A board to be announced. But I, I guess my uh, point there was I didn't see Greg Norman's name on that board, Diane. That must have been part of the deal. And that could have been a, a deal breaker. Maybe it was too much for Monaghan to have them all together. And they've just said, hey, we'll do the deal. But yeah. So-and-so, you know. Yeah. Um, Jay Monahan did mention the team aspect. He said this transformational partnership recognises the immeasurable strength of the PGA Tour's history, legacy and uh, pro-competitive model and combines it with the DP World Tour and Live, including the team golf concept to create an organisation that will benefit golf players, commercial and charitable partners and fans. So he has mentioned the team element is going to be part of it moving forward. Huge. Huge. 
huge. We know that the Tiger Woods deal is coming on board. There's going to be sort of a arena golf coming on next year. This this dwarfs that, but that was a team deal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, here we go, Diane. I mean, I can't imagine being on the driving range Toronto today or at the golf course and listening to this. Yeah, and you know, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how tour players on both sides, I mean, I guess all three sides, um, are going to unpack this and what their views are going to be. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of that this week. Um, And then next week, obviously, at the US Open. But you're right, it has to be, because there's this um, kind of weird grey area right now that if guys finish outside the top 50 or the top 70 and they're not going to be in these designated events moving forward, you know, what those guys are going to be doing. Playoffs are only for the top 70 instead of the top 125. So um, you're right, there's this area for golfers now who have to see this as they're getting, there's going to be more money, more events, more opportunity pumped in. Um this this can only be a good thing for everyone. I think so, yeah. And there's going to be a lot of backpedaling uh, in the next 48 hours from either Golf Channel or I know Brooks Koepka is already tweeting at uh, certain Golf Channel employees to uh, try to get their mind wrapped around this. We all were so surprised about um, that $2 billion buying of the Smash team. Did they know what was coming down the track? Now this could be just just a whole different opportunity where is Nike in front again, where they're going to buy a team that goes worldwide on all across all tours. I mean, this deal has obviously been in the works for quite a while. Adidas, um, you know, obviously with Dustin Johnson. Nobody's denied any of those numbers. That's what was surprising to me. Um, The, other thing is, and you mentioned uh, Golf Channel, and there's been a, a couple of Golf Channel hosts who have been very vocal about the fact that their disdain has really laid in the fact that this money has come from Saudi and it morally goes against everything they stand for. So obviously now, with everyone being in bed together, <laughs> they're going to have to address that because they've made these comments um, globally for the last two years. Um so it's going to be the, the reaction. We're obviously talking about this very, very fresh as it's been announced. And I'm really going to be tracking the reaction over the next couple of days because this is the announcement that we were kind of all waiting for, hoping for, to rid of the animosity because it's in a way been ruining the sport. Look, we talked about last week, and by the way, um, I'm like the stock market thinking. I only think ahead. I'm not going to go back and listen to what they said before. I'm only only want to hear about what's going ahead. But, you know, when you think about the PGA Tour, and and the PGA was great with Brooks Koepka, and there was this sort of, even you felt that the Michael Block almost, they had to push that window a little higher up than they did almost Koepka just because they're sort of not affiliated, so to speak. But, look, I was talking to some of the, some of the people that work at the tour, and they know who are the big five in your mind at the PGA Tour, Diane? Who are the ones that really move the needle? I'll help you. Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, uh, uh, Scotty Scheffler. Oh, the PGA Tour. Yeah. John Rahm. John Rahm. I don't want to miss anyone out. I'm just, just trying to come off the top of my head. Uh, Justin Thomas. Uh, Justin Thomas, Hovland. Uh, and, then, and then there's quite a bit of a drop, right, to the next tier, right? The next tier might be the Wills Alatoris that have one win, although they're pushing in pretty hard, that kind of thing. But then when you go over to live, they've got the same big stars. I mean, whether you like it or not, they do. 
Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, Cam Smith, these, you know, these other players that are massive, pull in massively for the tour. I've also, I've, I've talked about it on one of our shows. It's been tough for the Houston Open here to, they don't want to put their money into the $20 million deal. They're not happy with that deal. They had to do it. They did an $8 million deal because they want to put money back into uh, the community. They want to give $5 million. And the tour said, hey, we want you to come into the $20 million deal, but you got to put another $15 million in. And they said, if we put 15 in, we're going to go minus eight to the charity. We're not doing that. So it all had to, something had to give, Diane, and obviously it did. Uh, Rory McIlroy, of course, uh, we'll get on to the memorial, but he made an odd uh, statement last week where he said he wasn't sure that the majors were paying enough money. And I would never say this because I don't have the platform that Rory does, but we've always thought that the majors didn't pay enough money. Even at the PGA, Diane, uh, at Oak Hill a couple of weeks ago, 80 guys that were there went away with zero. And they were there pretty much the whole week. They entertained a bunch of people by watching them. They don't get $5,000 for their travel. They don't get anything. Uh, he's right about that one. Um, so maybe Rory going quiet, Diane, now we know in the last month had something to do with this. Yeah. What, is your, what do you make of uh, Rory? Uh, why don't you make of that? And then why don't you give me his breakdown of what's going on with Rory at the uh, memorial, had the lead. Yeah, well, the thing about Rory is he um, he – after the Masters disappointment, um, we saw him really take a, a step back. He took some time to himself and he then went very, very quiet when he was asked anything about Liv and the PGA Tour. He he said openly that he wasn't going to comment on it anymore. So this has obviously been in the works for a long time and Rory being um, part of the inner workings of the PGA Tour has been very aware of this, no doubt. Um Phil Mickelson tweeted, awesome day today. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not going to be a great um, day for Rory McIlroy. Uh, he's been very tough on all that. Yeah. Um, uh, Joel Damon just tweeted, I've grown up being a fan of the four aces. Maybe one day I'll get to play for them on the PGA Tour. <laughs> he mean, was tough. He was tough on he was yeah. tough on those guys. Yeah. Um, he said he said something like if uh, if 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 Brooks Kepka wins a tournament on live like a tree in the forest, does it make any noise? Well, that's that's been a bad. <clears throat> hey, but this is very telling, and we know that you know some of the PGA Tour players have felt that they've maybe been kept in the dark. Colin Morikawa, who's definitely one of the big names, has tweeted. Yes, we we left him out a yeah, minute ago. He, he said, "I love finding out morning news on Twitter." So that's a little bit controversial. Yeah. Well, I think they had to do it this way. Um, I think at the end of the day, Diane, this was a scattered product and Liv is gaining traction, whether anyone wants to admit it or not. They're gaining a massive amount of traction. They have two of the current major winners uh, currently on their roster, Cam Smith at the Open and Brooks Kepka is going to carry that for a whole calendar year. Diane, I won the PGA, and one of the great things about winning the PGA is you get to be a champion the longest, you, you all the way to the next year. When you win the Masters, you only get it for a month until someone else is the hottest hottest pancake on the, on the griddle. <laughs> so, uh, yes, well, I think. My mind's racing 100 miles an hour here, and I, I'm going to contradict something I said because I said on one hand this could be great for the players in that there's going to be more events, more chances, more money, but – on the other hand, going 
by Colin Morikawa's tweet, maybe some of the guys are not very happy today because realistically, a lot of them have been vocal. They've defended the PGA Tour. They've stuck their neck on the line. They've turned down money. They've changed their schedules. They've had to play in, in more events with these elevated events. Um, and now all of a sudden, hey, we're merging. We're going to be one big happy family. So there, there is going to be some disdain. There's no question. No, there's no doubt. Um, the way they, you fix that is the tour will talk about the money on the top of a pyramid mm-hmm. when they do this, and then they will go down from there. They're not going to backtrack. They're going to go, here's what's, here's what's on the table for you guys. This is what it is. I mean, look, Colomar Carr is one of the best players out there. He's going to be on the tour for another – his peak, he's going to be good for another – 15 years and then there'll be more guys coming along just like I went through just like whoever Freddie Couples was another one he just came to my mind he's been very critical there's a lot of guys but um, we're going to see how all this shakes out I'm sure you're reading along and you're going to catch a a bunch of live tweets here but um, I mean I you know how where I've been on this all along I have not been critical of, of anything we've been doing shows here where we've been covering live and covering the tour on the same episode and people have just really enjoyed our um, transparency of just following good golfers yeah um i'm I'm just following this as you said um big takeaways right now greg norman's name not being mentioned in the official statement the board Um, mm -hmm. so no mention of him at all in it Um, the fact that the players were not told and they were finding out this news on Twitter. Um, that's definitely a huge point, uh, talking point. The biggest one has to be two little words, Ryder Cup. And what is this going to mean in September? Well, it's going to mean that they're all going to be eligible again, of course. Now, to me, and you don't like it when I bring this up to you, but the, Ryder, the European Ryder Cup team is probably, just like when Australia plays England or Australia plays Scotland, in, in football or rugby, Europe the Europe team is is on paper the weakest it's been in years. Your mm-hmm. veterans have all sort of, I don't want to say past their prime because, you know, when you think of the Ryder Cup, you think of Sergio and Poulter and Westwood and all these guys, but you must admit they're not as strong as the American team right now. You got absolutely poleaxed up at Whistley Straits. You were there. You witnessed it. The American teams are very, very strong. Europeans... Having said all that, Diane, you need all the eligibility that you can get, is my point, I think, to this. Uh, But the other thing is, there's been, and maybe it's going to be water under the bridge, but people have said things about other people that could potentially be playing on the same team. I mean, I'm thinking of Ian Poulter... Lee Westwood, extremely vocal. Sergio Garcia, extremely vocal about the PGA Tour as well. Um, and they're all going to be back together playing in a team of happy campers. So that, I mean, going forward, eyes on the Ryder Cup, that's going to be a huge story. Um, there's so much, so much to take <laughs> I've in. told you this and all of our people that work for us, all of our people, some the people that work for us, Never talk poorly about another tour player, uh, their decision to, to earn their living. So we've never done that here. So, yes, there's going to be some problems uh, going forward. Pat Perez has taken it the most from every angle, how, you know, how terrible a player he was. And he's just sort of revitalized himself over there at Live because 
he's lost 30 pounds, he's playing great golf, he's on the best team on there, he's, he's counting almost every week on every round, he's, he's changed. He's, isn't that what the tour really needs, uh, Diane, meaning that not Pat Perez, but don't you need more energy as you get a bit older to sort of keep going? And will this be, you know, a world of world tour now, or they all three stay separate and they move around. I'm sure there'll be some events that they all play, but look, one of the, <clears throat> I know one of the points of this reason this happened, the good players on the PGA tour are exhausted and they realize now the mistake they made, this being Monaghan at the top, that they wanted every top player to play every big event and every one of them are going to play the same schedule. Mm-hmm. That's not the way to do it because they can't do it. Kids got to go, you know, they got to have breaks. They got to go on, you know, whatever. Yeah. Not working. Jay Monaghan is doing a press conference at the Canadian Open four o'clock today. So 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Um, so we will see what he has to say. He's no doubt going to be asked about Greg Norman's involvement. Do you think maybe, and this is me, just this idea just came. Do you think maybe they paid Greg out? And they were like, we don't want him involved anymore? I do not. I think Greg will be the, um, I just don't think he's going to be on this board. I don't know this. I texted Greg already today uh, to, to congratulate him because he's he actually has been, um, you know, rewarded with what his move has been done. He's now brought the world game together, whether you like it or not, he has. And he has taken more flack than anyone, Diane. I think he'll be the commissioner of the Live Tour. Honestly, I think the people, the, the players love him. He signed every one of them. They all have a tremendous amount of respect. And he's a player's player. He he knows what the players need and do. Yeah, and he's worked bloody hard on this for a long, long time. You know, and he's been the, the, the public figure that people have been taking shots at. And, you know, he's, he's put everything on the line for this, let's be honest, idea that he had decades ago. So... Yeah, yeah. You know, it would be it, he he should almost be rewarded for the work that he's put in and um, and how hard he's worked to get to this stage. Yeah, I think we'll hear more at four. But again, I don't think Monaghan's going to do any of that way. I think it's going to be talking this way. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> did you know what I meant when I did that? Yes. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be talking backwards. I think they're going to no, be talking all forward. Yeah. Yeah. When, this is what we're going to do. A lot of people, and I'm not just, I'm not going to name names, but a lot of people in the media are going to have to swallow that. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow and they're going to have to look at it as, right, this is the way it is moving forward. Um, Elk, I'm sad for you. It means that you might not get to watch Live Golf on the CW anymore. I know it's your favourite channel on TV. <laughs> well, it's my favourite channel because my my favourite show is Whose Line Is Is Anyway is a, is a comedy show where all the jokes are made up on the spot. And my favorite comedian is Colin Mockery from Canada. Oh, that was a fantastic segue into what we're going to be talking about now. Um, We will revisit this if more stuff comes up over the next couple of days. um, Because, you know, thank you. I know people do like to hear what we say, especially what you say, Elk, about uh, Live Golf. So it'll be fun for us to really uh, keep this going. But 
We need to do our turn report for the RBC Canadian Open. And next week is the US Open. So um, the field, there was actually, you know, a few of the bigger names playing this week than I maybe would have expected. Uh, Rory is playing. He is looking for the three-peat, three victories in a row at the Canadian Open. Um, we missed 2020 and 2021 because of COVID, but he won in 19 and then he won last year. Um, you know, always different courses. We're onto another course that's going to be hosting the tournament for the first time this week. So, um, what do we make of this? Where do we start? <laughs> We're off well, I'll, I'll help you. Rory McIlroy, they love him in Canada. But honestly, um, you know, Rory was in the lead at Memorial Tournament. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at my, on my heat map sheet here, Diane, and I've got three really, really good players, like the three of the best players in the world, that just their stats uh, blow my mind. And one of them is Rory McIlroy. And, and and by the way, Rory had the lead at Jack's tournament. He was tied with a bunch of guys, and it wasn't any guarantee that Rory was going to win on Sunday, although I, I did appreciate Rory wearing his yellow shirt for Jack on Sunday. But Rory McIlroy, this is mind-blowing to me, 168th in greens in reg on the PGA Tour. Diane, you do realize that that's almost better than hitting greens than nobody. <laughs> Sam Burns, 165th in greens in reg. Tommy Fleetwood, 162nd in hitting greens on the PGA Tour. Diane, that is mind-blowing to me now. Of course, Scotty Scheffler, who's not playing this week, he's at about 74%. These guys are down in the 50s, uh, which beats everybody. But in the end last week, Diane, Rory missed four greens with a wedge on Sunday, and that costed him. People say um, it's his wedge game. Well, it's really his missing the green game. Mm -hmm. And this week, you and I have done some research on this new course. I haven't even got the, I haven't even got the name right in my head, Oakdale. Uh, you know, I grew up playing golf in Australia, of course, in Sydney. I've been to Toronto many times. This is a smaller course, three different nines, represents a lot of history in, in Canadian uh, players. They've named it after three different famous Canadian people. It's slopey. It's got a creek running through it. This week's tournament, even though I don't know anything about it, by reading all about it, I know what it's going to be like. It's going to be hard to hit these fairways because they're sloping one way or the other. And then the, the only thing that protects these small, big town, small land courses is small greens. Mm -hmm. Greens in reg, Diane. I'm looking at greens in reg and putting this week because there's a creek. I think it's called Black Creek, runs through this course. Uh, two of the famous... Canadians, Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes have been there working with the pro. The pro's been there for 10 years and he still doesn't understand the greens. So what does that tell me about my picks? It tells me that I've got to have great putters because no one is going to be able to figure these greens out if they can't putt very good. And Rory McIlroy, if I was you, mate, and Sam Burns and Fleetwood, just fix your greens and reg by 20%, you're going to make... 80% more money. One start. Okay, right. Let me talk about the course then. Oakdale Golf and Country Club. Um, as you said, it's three courses. So they have three nine-hole courses and they're doing like a composite of all three. Um, so for the front nine, they're using, well, they're called the Thompson, the Home Nuke and Knudsen. Knudsen. Yeah, George Knudsen was one of the best Canadian players a little bit younger than Jackie Burke. I think he won eight times on the PGA Tour. A tremendous swinger. A lot of video of him on how he swung the club. A real model guy for everyone to swing coming out of Canada. Him and Mo Norman. 
Well, the, the Knudsen course, they're gonna use the full nine holes as the back nine and then combine the Thompson and the home nook for the front nine. The front nine is going to play 400 yards longer than the back nine and is going to be tough. So the, the scoring ops are really going to come in your latter part of the round. Um, it's going to be really a really tricky start. Um, I've been having a look, the, the greens are like the number one thing everyone's talking about in that they're so small, they're slopey, they're hard to read, there's a lot of sloping and undulation around the greens, um, so guys are going to have uneven lies when they're scrambling if they do miss the green. Um, a lot of sloping in the fairways too, and a lot of trees out there. So it's um, not an overly long course by any means, but the, the greens are definitely going to be the main defence on this course. Yes, indeed. And, you know, the, this tournament, as we know now, has been squashed in between Elevated and the U.S. Open. We do have a reasonable feel. We have 19 Canadians, I think, playing in this tournament. Massive event for them. Diane, I'm really focusing in on the Canadian uh, players a little bit this week. I was lucky enough to win my National Open in 1992, the Australian Open, not to talk about me ever, but it was the <laughs> biggest win of my career because my Nana was there. And she'd never seen me play in a tournament. I know how big it is in Toronto. They love golf. I'll tell you a story about people in Canada that love golf. I was playing out in the Canadian Open one year at Glen Abbey. And this is before we had a bunch of phones and everything, whether we knew what weather was coming in. Tiger was there that year. I think even maybe Jack Nicholas was playing this last event. Might have been late 80s. Wouldn't have been Tiger then. Would have been Jack or anyway. Um, big storm came in, Diane. Nobody had an umbrella, and it rained all day. And those Canadians, they stayed there. They they may have got a bigger crowd than not. No one left. They just love their golf so much. This will be a very well attended event. They love their Canadians. I mean, we used to always say when you play with Mike Weir at six fifty at uh, San Diego on a Thursday, when you got to the first tee, there was ten thousand people waiting at the tee. All of them Canadians. They love their their sports people. Yeah. I'm focusing in on three particular names. I may even let you pick my top of the top of the list this week after I've presented to you what I'm thinking. I have a Canadian as my one to watch. Do you know, no Canadian has won their National Open since 1954. So the fans have been waiting for a long time. They love their golf. Um, the other thing is a lot of Canadian players are in great form right now and we're going to talk about a few of them obviously but they have a lot to be excited about. They're going to be making some noise for their guys this week, that's for sure. Right, well let's get into our picks. So we'll do our outright favourites, ones to watch and then Dark Horses over 100 to 1. Um, some of the big names at the top, you know, Terrell Hatton, Rory, as we said, Sam Burns, Cameron Young, Fleetwood, Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Rose. Are you picking any of those guys as your I, 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 I've already laid out my greens and reg argument to you about those guys. Victor Hovland almost won the PGA Championship a couple of weeks ago in Oak Hill. And he's now come back and won the Jack Nicholas Memorial Tournament. Victor is an excellent player. He's known for winning four or five events over in the Bahamas and Mexico twice, and I think Puerto Rico. Now he's Jack Nicholas champion, a Memorial champion. He could win the US Open next week. Now his record flips. Now he's the US Open champion, the Memorial, and all these other four go away. There was another guy 
at Oak Hill at the PGA that was leading after two rounds, a Canadian named Corey Connors, who was putting out of his mind. And I kept asking myself, can he hang in there and putt good enough? And I'm going to lay out three Canadians here, Adam Hadwin, Mackenzie Hughes, and Corey Connor. When I look at those magic two numbers, Diane, Hadwin, 62nd in greens in reg, 42nd in putting, okay, Mackenzie Hughes, 159th in greens in reg, but 56th in putting. Corey Connors, 11th in greens in reg, 95th in putting. Do you think that Corey Connors, this this tournament should be all about Corey Connors because he was just in a massive amount of pressure. And my point, I think I just forgot about it, but Hovland was in all that pressure. And then he was able to handle the new pressure playing in the Nicholas tournament and was able to, to, to handle it. Do you think I was going to let you pick the three, but I think you know where I'm going. I do. <laughs> Connors, didn't he just win at Texas Open here in San Antonio? Yes, the Valero, yep. D- didn't he just lead a major all the way through Saturday, all the way, uh, most of Saturday? Uh-huh. Is it Corey Connors' turn? And by the way, Rose Zhang, who won 12 of 20 tournaments, I'm a big fan of her. I watched her win the NCAAs last week. Billy Ray Brown was on the commentary, my roommate in college. She just went to the LPJ Tour and won for the first time since 1954. Guess when the last Canadian won the Canadian Open? Wow. 1954. Look at you, or, historian. <laughs> or thereabouts. So <laughs> I'm on Corey Connors. I'm not even letting you pick. Okay. I think this has got to be the Corey Connors show this week, Diane. Um, Mr. Cat Memorial finished 12th at the PGA, 8th at the... That means he's rested. He's rested. I'm not not trumping your argument here, but the pressure of the home open has been tough for Connors, who has played in the Canadian Open seven times, missed the cut five times. One time he finished 80th, so like dead last. Last year he finished 6th. So maybe he's working it out. Well, Mackenzie Hughes Hughes plays better Mm -hmm. in the Canadian Open than any of them. Yeah. But the 159th worries me and the 95th on Connor's putting worries me. Uh-huh. But I, I just think that Connor's dying. If you're capable enough to play really that good a golf in a major at the Oak Hill, then you're pretty immune to pressure right now. You, you kinda, you've kind of grown over it, grown out of it. Uh, you, you spoke correctly about he doesn't play well at home, but I, as I say, I think he's grown out of it. Yeah. hope so. He's my, he's my pick this week. He's 11 the greens and reg on the tour right now. Cody Connors is 18 to 1 this week. Um, my uh, my Canadian I'm going to leave for my one to watch because my outright favourite at the top of the board is the guy who won RBC's other sponsored event on the PGA Tour, the RBC Heritage, earlier this year. He's also heading to the US Open next week as defending champion. I'm taking Matt Fitzpatrick at 14 to one. Yep, 14 to one this week. Um, as my outright favorite, it goes against everything you talked about because his greens and rec is his worst stat. <laughs> However, he just finished uh, top 10 at Memorial last week. And um, looking at his numbers, I mean, uh, 23rd in scrambling, so... That's obviously a real strength of his game. Putting average, um, 45th, you know, solid number for him. But I was looking at his approach stat and he's been improving that in five of his last six starts. So, 
you know, we've said before that the stats that we look at, the guys see these stats as well. They know if there's a, a, an obvious hole in any of their game. And Matt Fitzpatrick is the guy that writes down literally every single shot that he hits on the course. So he knows the area he's got to improve in. He's going to know that that's the area that's going to be important for him this week. But um, he's putting so well. We know that's going to be key. I love Matt Fitzpatrick this week at 14 to 1 as my outright favourite. Fitzpatrick's always a dice roll because he's either hot or cold mm -hmm. and he's a bit of a sniper. You saw what he did at uh, Hilton Head. He's, he really hits the iron and was able to take down probably the greatest, uh, you know, other gambler type player, Jordan Spieth. When he gets going good, he's so hard to beat. But, uh, yeah, Matthew Patrick's rounded into form. He he won on a really hard course last year up at uh, Brookline. I'm big on on as you know on uh, you know playing good at the same time of year. You know there was a name for that. What's it called? Bio rhythms. Bio rhythms. So yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I'm going to let me get into my Canadian because I'm like chomping at the bit to talk about him. Okay. But he's my one to watch. He's 60 to one right now. I found him yesterday at 75 to one. So those odds are slashing. And when we did our re-ranking, this guy actually came out one spot above Cody Connors. So my guy is Nick Taylor this week. Now, talk about a roller coaster of a season. He has been up and down, up and down. However, he's had nine top 25 finishes. He had a runner-up at the WM Phoenix Open. That was huge for him in big, big money week with it being a designated event. And then at the Zura Classic, he was playing with Adam Hadwin and they finished in second place, that little Canadian duo. So I am going to take Nick Taylor this week because... His approach stat has been great, especially over his last four starts. He's sixth in putting average for the season and he skipped Memorial last week. Now I'm thinking if someone who's having as great a season as Nick Taylor has decided to skip a designated event, it's because he wants to give this one his all. It's a big one. Um, the cherry on top of the cake for me is he just had a baby. <laughs> you like there you it? Go. There you go. So big, big week coming up for Nick Taylor. And um, I love those odds. 60 to 1 is a great, great price for him. Well, you may have just pushed me back into the Canadian area again. I, I know how much it is. I had Joseph uh, Bramblett on my card, 20th in greens in reg, 69th in putting. I can't get my mind off Hadwood. Okay. Uh, Canadian. Uh, one to watch. I mean, I would really like to. You know, I'd like to have two Canadians. I'm actually probably going to have three Canadians because I want to break this 1954 thing. And by the way, I may have just fudged that number just to hear. I'm not sure Rose Zhang, it, was, it might have been 1952 since a, a rookie came on and won their first event. But it doesn't matter. It's close enough. Close. Uh, so I've already given you my big spiel on Hadwin. I mean, on those three. I'm going to wonder watch as Hadwin because I want to see the 1950 deal broken up. Um, I want the Canadians to be excited about this new alliance that's coming up. They're going to have one of the biggest events in the world coming forward up at uh, up in Canada. So very exciting day for everything up there, Diane. Uh, Adam Hadwin is 40 to 1. 
one of my I'm checking Twitter religiously right now obviously but I saw this last night he got roasted by his wife at the weekend and he posted this picture of how she'd loaded the dishwasher and he was like anyone seen a worse display of space management she replied and said we all fall short on our weekend jobs eh (laughs) after he'd missed the cut again he's he's rested in my in my brain he's rested yeah um, and fired up for this one. Okay, right. I love it. We're we're taking the the national fan favorites. Stars. Yeah. And Adam Hadwin. Right. And then we move on to our dark horses. And this week, that kind of bottom part of the odds board, um, the guys with high odds. Wow, there's some like super high odds out there this week. Uh, who are you looking at? I think I've got one. Um highest maybe i've ever picked all right well i'll join me to start then since my yeah head, yeah i thought i was doing well at 250 to one so from what you've said i know that you're about to trump me completely um i've been doing my research on this guy right so i'm going with grayson murray at 250 to one um I was looking at his odds, like top 20 finish, he's six to one. So, you know, these are good. This guy has been kind of reinventing himself and really working hard on his game. Um, If you've ever followed Grayson Murray on social media, he was an absolute riot on Twitter. I think he got blocked, (laughs) banned from Twitter, taken off. Um, And I think he's actually grown up. I, I mean, I don't know him personally, but after seeing, I think he's realized that he doesn't need to be like that big controversial character. Um, Didn't he just win on Corn Ferry? Well, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So he's been working on his mind, working on his mental health, working on his game. He just won on the Corn Ferry Tour a couple of weeks ago. And then um, he was in contention at the weekend and finished one shot off the playoff um, in a tie for third. So two like really I mean I say career changing weeks for Grace Murray I think they are because he really had not been doing anything or playing great and that's just a huge confidence build for him but I went on and looked at his corn ferry tour stats he's been hitting greens and he's been making putts and he also just got into this as a late alternate so he's going to be completely fired up he's going to be full of confidence and looking to take that to the PGA Tour where he can really make some money and get some points this week so Grayson Murray at 250 to 1 I'm all in that, that, that may be your best pick of the year with, uh, with, the, with the energy <laughs> because uh, best long shot pick you've had some other great picks uh, but long shot pick because He's probably sitting on that top 20 number now coming out of Corn Ferry, which is going to put him on the tour. And he's probably going to be paying, playing for 50 times more money next year now that these guys have all merged. So that's very exciting for him. Yeah. The Fortnite Cup is the equivalent of the FedEx Cup up in Canada. Yeah. I have some friends here, some young guys that play the Canadian Tour that play here at my uh, home course here at Champions. They talk about a guy that won that cup last year named... Will Bateman. Now, I haven't seen Will Bateman swing, Diane, but when I know these young guys that I play with over here and they've talked about a Will Bateman, are you excusing me at 600 to one? And if you say, Elk, you're an idiot, you're a nut, you don't know anything. Russell Knox, who is ranked 18th in greens in rays, not too good in putting, 150th, He's 600 to one this week. So if you were going to bet on someone this week, Diane, you have inside information. I have inside information. Where are you putting your $5 bet against me this week? Your brother or Will Bateman? Well, there's only one answer I can give, isn't there? Like, (laughs) what else can I say? Um, 
Yeah. 600 to 1 for Russell. Gosh, it's it's tough. I'm just going to say quickly, Did I, I know that you saw it because I saw you comment on it on Twitter, but Billy Horschel um, last week had a, what did he shoot, an 84 in the opening round at Memorial. He spoke to the media afterwards. He cried and talked about how difficult it was right now and how much he was struggling with his game and it just it wasn't there and that to me maybe it hit home a little bit more because I know the struggles that my brother's going through right now but oh my gosh it just shows like there's so many guys playing on the PGA Tour right now you know the highs are so high and there's money everywhere and people are talking about you the lows are really really tough and there's a lot of them that are there yeah, it's got to be technical with Billy because I listen to his interview and when I see a guy cry about playing bad, I don't. it doesn't bother me. I mean, I've seen so many tears in the locker room, Diane. Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even – I can't even begin to tell you and probably some of them have been mine. Um, it's just the way it is. It just means a lot to these players, their games and their livelihood, and they don't like playing bad. And when someone sticks a microphone in you and you're already amped up, think about – you know, think about being at the hospital and you just had a baby and then you walked outside and someone stuck a microphone. Well, that's that's where your emotional level is when you come off the golf course sometimes. Uh, you know, I used to have a rule with my family. I'm staying in the locker room for 30 minutes uh, after just to cool down, good or bad, you know. Uh, so, you know, Billy Horschel is a great player. He can't get the ball started where he wants to. So that tells me it's mechanics and that tells me he can fix that. So, that's where I'm at with Billy, and I think I said as much on, on Twitter. I'm just going to go back to Will Bateman very quickly, your 600-1 to one pick. Um, between 2016 and 2021, he had one top 10 finish in 32 career starts um, on the Canadian PGA Tour. And then in 2022, he won twice. He was the Fortinet Cup champion and PGA Tour Canada Player of the Year. And then this year, he's playing Corn Ferry Tour. Um, This was actually in February, this thing that I'm reading. So I don't know what he's done since then. But he's had two top five finishes in his first three Corn Ferry Tour starts. So I listen to the the young guys that, that they know. Yeah. Good. Okay then. Wow. I feel like I need to go lay down in a darkened room, but I'm probably just going to get on Twitter and have a look at everything that's going on. Um, Just to recap our picks very quickly for the RBC Canadian Open, I'm taking Matt Fitzpatrick at the top at 14 to 1, Nick Taylor in the middle 60 to 1, and then Grayson Murray at 250 to 1. Um, At the top, you are going with Corey Connors. Um, Cody I'm Collins. all the way Canadian today. Yeah, what is he again? Eighteen to one. Yeah. Cody Connors eighteen to one. Adam Hadwin in the middle. What are Hadwin's odds? Forty uh, to one. Yeah. And then Will Bateman at six hundred to one. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a great, right. great play. I'm desperate to knock out. I'm I'm going the Rosang model, Diane. I want the chains, the 1950 deal. Yeah, no, that's cool. I love that. Historic. I have a car, 1955. It's all coming together for me. Three things. Okay, then. Right. Well, um, thank you very much for watching and for listening to the Tour Report this week for the RBC Canadian Open. Obviously, we uh, started recording as the big merger news was announced between the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour and Live Golf um, with the Public Investment Fund. So we will keep on top of that. Um, Jay Monaghan, Commissioner of the PGA Tour, talking at four o'clock on Tuesday today um, from Canada the players I saw that the letter 
the memo was sent out to all of them and he's told them all that if they're on site at Oakdale in Canada, they can um, talk to him, ask him questions. I'm sure a lot of them are going to have a lot of questions. So this press conference could potentially get quite fiery at four o'clock today. But then it's also hopefully going to shed I some light. I think it's going to stay out front. I think all the fireworks is going to be happening today, right now, with, uh, with Monaghan and the players. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. We'll keep on top of it. We'll jump on. There's um, going to be a lot of you told us this, but he's going to go back. But this is what's going to happen. Oh, okay. Thanks. Bye. For the greater good. It's bringing golf yeah. together. Bringing golf together. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Elk. Thank you. As I said, we'll keep on top of it. We'll be following along with all the news and the RBC Canadian Open this week ahead of next week's US Open at the hotly anticipated LA Country Club. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.